Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here. It is 8 a.m. Tuesday, August 30th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome to Romans Rewind. We're taking 10, 15 minutes every weekday morning to unpack a portion of God's Word, something that we've been studying, preaching through on that previous Sunday um, during our sermon series. And of course, this season, we are preaching through the book of Romans, and we are up to Romans chapter 11. And yesterday, we started camping out on these charges or warnings that Paul is giving to the Gentile Christians in the church at Rome to not be arrogant, to not be boastful towards um, ethnic Jews just because the Gentiles may be believing and trusting in the Jewish Messiah. Um, and and the and the ethnic Jews not. And he said, "Don't be boastful. Don't be don't be prideful. Don't you realize that you're only saved by grace? Don't you realize that you're dependent upon their rich history and tradition to even know God? Don't you know that you stand by faith, not by works and boasting?" And we've been particularly interested in this these few verses that talk about or or present this view of the need for the Christians in the church in Rome to persevere in their salvation, to continue in the kindness of God. Let me read that passage for us, and let's, let's continue to unpack this together. This is Romans 11, verse 17. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant towards the branches. So that's the, that's the, that's the first warning or the first exhortation. If you are, meaning if you are arrogant, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. Now here's the relevant verses. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And that's the, the warning passage that we have been, been studying and last time we talked about this idea about why it's necessary for warning passages to be given to groups of professing Christians. And this all goes back to Romans 9, where Paul tells us that not all Israel is Israel, that in fact there is an Israel within an Israel. And what he means by that is that in the in the Old Testament, it's drawing on this idea that that the collective body of the Israelites, as they would come to worship, as they would offer sacrifices, as they would commit their lives to Yahweh and teach their children his commands, that, that, that within that group of Israelites, although they were collectively identified as the people of God, we know for a fact, because the Old Testament tells us, that not all of them were believers. In other words, not all of them had regenerate hearts. Some of them were simply 
conforming to external obedience and righteousness in an effort to sort of secure salvation for themselves. In other words, they weren't pursuing a righteousness by faith. They were pursuing it by, by works. And Paul in Romans 9 says those people aren't truly Israel. They're not spiritual Israel. Um, within Israel, there is a remnant. There are believing Jews um, in the Old Testament. And we see this, this theme continue out through the book of, of Romans. And so when a writer is, of Scripture is writing, Paul or whoever, um, they're speaking to the collective people of God. And those warnings about continuing faith and continuing the kindness of the God and, and God and persevere to the end, they are they're gracious warnings to those who might be presuming upon their salvation, for those who might have um, might be deceived about who they are, or in fact, might know exactly who they are, but are just playing a spiritual game. So that, that's kind of what we said last yesterday. Now today, we do want to ask, how is it that we as believers should view our own salvation? So it's one thing to be warned, a group of Christians, professing Christians to be warned, knowing that there's some there who aren't really trusting, they need to be warned, they need to be exhorted to, to come to Christ. But you might be saying, well, Pastor Paul, I, I do believe, I do trust in Jesus. I, I'm imperfect, I'm broken, I'm fallen, but I'm seeking him in faith and repentance. How should I view my salvation? Should I view it tentatively? Should I view it sort of conditionally? When Paul talks about this idea of God cutting off the branch, am I sitting on the branch, teetering over the edge of the cliff, uh, and one more sin is going to do me in, and God's going to cut me off? And what we're saying is no, not at all, because Romans 8 is very clear. Um, for those God has called, he is justified, he's sanctified, he's glorified. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But how should we think about to ourselves our salvation? Now, one of the things that this doctrine of perseverance get, of the saints gets into is can someone lose their salvation. And the the response we give biblically is unequivocally no, absolutely not. What God has begun, he will complete. But a, a, another way that people can describe their salvation that I don't think is is particularly helpful is this idea of saying once saved, always saved. Now, in terms of the spirit it's intended in, right? That, that can be very true. Once someone is justified, they can't be unjustified. So used in that way, I think that phrase is fine. But that's not how it's most often used. The way it's most often used is to provide assurance for people who may have made a spurious profession of faith. Maybe they walked down an aisle. Maybe they prayed a prayer, but really went on through the course of their life not giving their profession of faith a second thought. Maybe for them it was conformity to peer pressure, or it was to put on a show, or maybe they got caught up in the emotion of something. And then that person goes on to live a life of sin. That person goes on to live a life that in no way is characterized by holiness and sanctification. And oftentimes, 
that phrase, once saved, always saved, is meant to assure the people closest to them, well, that person really is a believer. Don't, I, I know you're concerned about them. I know you're worried about them. I know you don't see God's ongoing evident grace in their life, but, but don't you worry. They punched their ticket. They said their prayer. They are good to go. And I think in that way, that phrase, once saved, always saved, can be very destructive. And so turn over, if you will, I know you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And this gives us, I think, a great picture of how we're to think about our good works and the change that God wrought in our life and how that relates to salvation. So verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So here we have a very clear passage. It's a warning passage, right? That those who persist in unrighteousness, okay, and by persist, what we mean is they lead an unrepentant lifestyle. They are an unrepentant person who's sexually immoral. They are an unrepentant idolater. They're an unrepentant uh, thief. They are um, greedy and covetous and, and swindlers and gossips, and they're not bothered by it. They're, they're unrepentant by it. To that person, it would not be appropriate to say, well, once saved, always saved. It really doesn't matter what you're doing. No, it's very clear in 1 Corinthians 6, is it not? The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. But interestingly, verse 11, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. You see, there is a big difference in saying, I am a sexually immoral person, living life like I want to live, and I'm going to heaven, once saved, always saved. There's a huge difference in that, a life and death difference in saying that, then saying, I am a Christian who struggles with sexual sin. Now, what's the difference in those two statements? One is a statement of identity. As you know, identity is a huge cultural topic. Identity for a Christian is based exclusively in who we are in Christ, not in how we identify outside of Christ, okay? Whether that's by ethnicity or sexual orientation or male or female, or what we do, or how much money we, we make. Not that those categories are unimportant, they are, but in terms of our foundational identity, they are in Christ. And when because we're saying our foundational identity is in Christ, we're saying that he's Lord, and that he is directing my life, empowering my life. He is my king. I am worshiping him. I'm coming to him. And because of that, because of my new identity, that I've been justified, sanctified, now I am going to have a posture of repentance and change towards these other areas that once defined me. 
So this does not mean, though, that Christians don't struggle with being greedy, or Christians don't get drunk, or Christians um, don't aren't idolaters in some portion of their life, or don't act sexually immorally in certain ways. They do, they have, they will, they can. Okay, Again, that's why we need these warnings. However, a Christian, a regenerate Christian, is never content to remain in that place. Because of the Holy Spirit that indwells our hearts as believers, when we sin in these ways, we are convicted, we have a conscience, uh, we, are a, we have a burden, and we run to Christ, recognizing that these things no longer define us. Jesus defines us. So all that to circle back around to say, this is why I think the phrase once saved, always saved, is um, is not helpful um, in the way it's most often used. It's much better, I think, fundamentally to say what God has begun, God will complete. Those God justifies, he sanctifies and glorifies, and our assurance is ultimately based in the finished work of Christ upon us and for us and in us. Now, tomorrow, I want to look at another phrase that I think people use that I also don't think is helpful for a lot of the same reasons, and it's this idea, Pastor Paul, Jesus is my Savior, I know that, but he's just not my Lord. Now, what's wrong with that statement? You be thinking about it, and we'll jump into that tomorrow. Heavenly Father, we recognize today, although the world might scream something different to us, that our identity is found foundationally and fundamentally in you, in you, Jesus, and what you've done for us. Lord, we run to you today and trust in you and find our identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.